the Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Have an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky team. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Hi, I'm Dr. Jonay Caldoun. We know that COVID-19 is spreading rapidly across Michigan right now. The most important thing people can do to protect themselves is social distancing. That means unless you are a critical infrastructure worker or going out to get food or medicine for your home, you should be staying at home. Stay home, stay safe, save lives. I know this is a really hard time for everyone. We're facing a killer virus, economic pain, and all the frustrations of being cooped up at home. Believe me, I have two teenagers to deal with. But the worst thing we can do is let up now, triggering a second coronavirus wave that causes more death and economic chaos. What you're doing is working. You're saving lives. So let's all hang in there and please stay home and stay safe. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody. We uh, continue the show. We're rolling into the second hour of our three-hour tour. My guest this hour is uh, a yoga, mindfulness, and health educator, actor, speaker, and writer with a new book called Little Yogi Dick, Um, Simple Yoga (laughs) Practices to Help Kids move through big emotions and when i first saw the word deck i thought of something completely different but we're going to find out what that's all about with the uh, author crystal mccreary who joins me by phone hi crystal welcome to the show thank you so much tom what a pleasure to be here with you this morning so grateful thank you when i saw little yogi deck for some reason I was thinking of a physical platform of some kind, but it's actually a deck of cards. Yes. Yes, it is. It is. You know, I like to think of it as a little, like a resource toolkit, you know, and I think many of us, especially over the last year, um, have had moments where we just are wrought, you know, the emotional spectrum that we're all experiencing right now has been really complex and um, extreme in many cases. And sometimes you just need a little help being reminded of what resources you might have uh, to support you to navigate the challenges in front of you. So the deck is like a little, it's like a, it's like a menu of activities based on how you're feeling in that moment and what you might need. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a, to be, I, to be totally honest, I have to give my editor credit for the idea because there are many different like yogi decks out there. Um, and we thought, you know, 
what would really be the most useful? And I, we reflected on how we use our own yoga practice as a toolkit, right? Like when I'm tired, I might do something that will pump up my energy, you know? When I'm super anxious and activated, I might need something to kind of dial down my energy. So the deck is that. It just kind of helps put things into categories of practice um, that are really supportive, and 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 that might my, my that was definitely a, a collaborative, inspirational um, uh, uh, offering that my my editor and I came up with together. This is this is fascinating, Crystal, because I know people who practice yoga. I I have explored it a little bit, but mm-hmm. I'm still at that point where I think of yoga as as sort of a relaxing meditative thing i I would never think of yoga Mm. as something to build energy from yes oh i love that we're having this conversation because i do think that you know first of all i think i want to just define yoga please because there are there are so many ideas of what yoga is out there and it's become quite popular and we have this thing called google and if you do a google search i mean any number of things will come up um, so I, will, I want to clarify my definition and what I mean by yoga. And, yeah. um, and really, really the word, the word yoga means um, to yoke or to bring together, right, to integrate, to connect. Um, and th- what that essentially means, um, what the yogis believed was that we as human beings, right, we, ha- we are elemental, right? We have dimensional elements. We have a mind. We have a body. We have an emotional life. We have um, a social life, a social component. Um, some would say we have a spiritual, you know, dimension. And you can decode that word spiritual in whatever way supports you. I think um, it- it's a very loaded word in our culture. But I can just say for myself, uh, spirit of what-, what gives my life meaning, right? So it's could be it's truth it's love it's, it's liberation but these elements of ourselves right that we are born with are often uh fragmented right in other words we show up in the world we're whole we are you know excitable and wondrous wondrous creatures and then life happens you know um and Sometimes, depending on the body that you're born into, the home you're born into, the community that you're born into, life happens, and things we experience things that may fragment us or disconnect us from our sense of ourselves. And so, the yogis, like these, when I say yogis, I mean like the people who invented yoga thousands of years ago. Yeah, it's not it's been, it's not a bear in Jellystone Park. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right? And and so the fun thing is is like when we know that in advance, then we realize, all oh, right, so this is gonna be kind of a you know, topsy turvy road at times. So maybe I should have some use resources in my toolkit that will really support me to navigate it skillfully. And the yogis believe that um, there's there's a whole set of things that we can do to support all of those parts of ourselves, all those dimensional parts of ourselves. And when we do that, we that's what we do when we practice yoga. We're literally reintegrating ourselves. We're connecting our ourselves, right? Um, we're con- reconnecting our heart to our body, you know, after a stressful day at work. You know, we're reconnecting um, our our mind to our perhaps our a spiritual purpose after, you know, doing work that isn't necessarily in alignment with our values, for instance. 
you know. So the the work, the actual toolkit of yoga is big and it's broad. A lot of people think, oh yeah, yoga is that thing you do on a yoga mat and you're t- you know twisting your body and contorting your body. Mm, no, that's just that's one aspect of yoga that deals with the physical part of ourselves. But there's a whole set of of categories of practice um, that help the whole. Again, the the point of yoga is to support us to feel connected to ourselves, others, and the environment and what's happening around us in a skillful way. It it does, and and I'm glad we're having this conversation, um, Crystal, because when when I hear the word yoga, and and I'm sure this is true for a lot of people, I, I get a picture in my head of a group of eight or ten people in a city park somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, and and they're stretching and reaching, and mm-hmm. you know, um, and that's a good part of it. That's a good, that's a big part of it because when we stretch and we reach and we're doing it with intention, and when we're adding a slow, deep navel breath, those kinds of things have the impact of settling our nervous system, um, or they can also have the impact, as I mentioned before, of like pumping our energy up, like a, a really vigorous. Yoga, physical um, asana practice can literally revitalize you. And, you know, if you're feeling sluggish midday, it's the kind of thing that can help you get through that day with a little more, you know, efficiency, perhaps. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's just one part of it. Yoga also has this part that's about um, how we relate to others, right, the, the, the sort of universal principles for how to connect um, with integrity, and um, a sense of morality to ourselves and others. Things like being kind or things like, you know, speaking truthfully. Um, So there's a whole world of practices, um, and the deck offers a variety of them to support kids in particular. I will say the deck is for kids, but I'm not gonna gonna pretend that it's not for adults too, because (laughs) clearly if our our kids are struggling, it's because we're struggling, right? So it's definitely for adults too. (laughs) Well, I I, I wanna get to to kids maybe in the next segment um, and and talk about that and explore that at length, Um, but, while we're we're sort of defining yoga, how much of it is physical? How much of it is mental? How much of it is emotional? Yeah, oh, such great questions. Um, so the first two limbs of yoga, uh, which limb means categories of practice, are um, all sort of philosophical, right? They're like the guidelines for how to be with yourself in a compassionate way, and then guidelines for how to be with others in a compassionate way. The third limb of yoga is asana, or the yoga, the pose practice that we commonly know. There are actually eight limbs in all, and I just want to point out, Tom, that the third limb, not the first limb, right, the third category is the physical practice. Not all, all the categories are not physical practice, the third. So in order of sort of importance, uh, the physical side of yoga is not even considered the most important, right? The first two categories of the two, first two limbs, or what the, the yogis call them, um, are, are guidelines for being with each other. Now, after asana is something called pranayama, which is uh, the breathing practice. Um, and then you start going up into things that are include meditation, right? Single-pointed focus. Um, and, you know, sustained meditation, which is a more sort of advanced level of meditation where a person can, like, really sit for long stretches of time. 
Um, and, and, and as you start to move up the categories of limbs, you're starting to really work and, and, and explore um, parts of ourselves that can literally um, create a more sort of peaceful or like an overall state of contentment, right? But again, the physical part is the third limb, right? Most people go to a yoga class and they do yoga poses, they, they'll do some pranayama or breathing, and then they'll do some, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit of meditation. Um, sometimes yoga teachers will talk about the guidelines, the, the yamas and the niyamas, the guidelines for how to be with each other, but sometimes they don't at all, right? So we often, when we show up at a yoga class, depending on the studio, depending on the teacher, depending on the culture of that particular, you know, practitioner and like how they, who they learn from and study from, you might not even get anything except for the physical practice. So, but no, Tom, be assured that there's way more than just that. And <laughs> the way, <laughs> yeah, because I, I felt like a dummy, you know, when we got to the meditation part and I'm thinking of the last movie I saw. <laughs> and which was that? Oh, I, I, oh, oh, I don't. Got it. Oh, got it. Yeah. Yeah. You, in other words, you, your mind is like off onto the next thing. You mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just yeah. there's like no focus. It, it, you know, I, yeah. I think of it yeah. as purely about the physical. And in, in a when I experienced it, I didn't take the meditation very seriously. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that's another really important sort of thing to define, right? The word meditation really just means concentration. And I love that you said, like, it's, it's hard for me to just concentrate. That's basically what you said, right? The teacher is like trying to get you to meditate. And you're like, well, how do I do this thing? Well, how many times are we told, especially when we're young, to focus, to concentrate, to pay attention? But we're rarely taught how to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the point I was trying to get at, Crystal, because, you know, somebody will say, you know, concentrate and you squinch your face all up and, you know, you look really (laughs) intense. But but you're probably thinking about, you know, the next time you're going to get your oil changed. Exactly. And, And what you're describing is the nature of our minds. They are easily distractible. It's part of the machinery of being human is we're, we're thought-making machines, right? Our minds are, they are constantly tracking what's happening around us and interpreting information and creating all kinds of information that half the time isn't even true or relevant, right? right? But that's, that's the nature of our mind. And so the yogis, right, these really old folks a long time ago, not necessarily old in age, but a long time ago, they knew, right? There's something, if we can figure out how to make our minds an ally, right? How to bring our minds back to a point of focus on what is really important, what is really in front of us right now. We might actually, um, you know, have greater contentment or um, better relationships or, you know, we might connect better in community, like connect more compassionately to our, our, our fellow man. Right? Crystal, so, I need to put a mm-hmm. comma here because I have to take a short break. Can you, can you stick okay. around? Because I want to get into um, more about the discipline connected with yoga. Absolutely. And, and also I want to talk about uh, the little yogi deck versus the big yogi deck. <laughs> okay, so we'll, be, we'll be right back brand new dance awesome. now. Hi this is Mark Farner And you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Thank you, and thank you all for tuning in. You know, we know that tough times don't last, but tough people do. We've been through a lot here in Michigan. We've been through crisis before, where the country needed their countrymen and countrywomen to pitch in collectively to get through a crisis and rise to the occasion. Michigan once was the arsenal of democracy to win World War II. We need that same spirit now. We're working around the clock with doctors and hospitals and first responders to stop the spread and to save lives. But we need your help too. The state has launched a new volunteer website at www.michigan.gov forward slash fight COVID-19 where trained medical professionals can register to serve their fellow Michiganders by assisting hospitals in fighting COVID-19. State residents can also use the site to find out how they can help in their local communities by giving blood or donating resources or needed medical supplies. Whether you're a medical professional looking to volunteer or you're someone who can give blood or donate to your local food bank, everyone can help out. To get through this, we must all do our part. Stay home, stay safe, and save lives. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get the through time it. summer. Program.com 
Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. And welcome back, everybody. We uh, continue our conversation with uh, Crystal McCreary, who is a yoga, mindfulness, and health educator, actor, speaker, and writer. And she, uh, I, I said she had a book, um, and, and it's not actually a book. It's, it's a card deck called The Little Yogi Deck, Simple Yoga Practices to Help Kids Move Through Big Emotions, uh, and, and targeted at kids uh, roughly 5 to 9. Anyway, uh, Crystal joins me by phone. Crystal, welcome back, and thanks for sticking around. Sorry to make you sit through all that. Oh, no worries. My pleasure. It's nice to be here, Tom. Just before the break, I was sort of joking about Little Yogi Deck versus uh, Big Yogi Deck because you mentioned <laughs> in the last segment that the, um, you know, the, the practices that are included in this deck um, could easily be transferable to older people. But when you talk about mm-hmm. yoga, um, is it is it correct to think of it as a discipline? Yeah. And yeah. and if so, um, is it is it tough to get mm-hmm. kids yeah. to be disciplined? Mm-hmm. That's a good question, Tom. So it is definitely a discipline in the sense that. Um, our minds and our bodies are often like runaway trains. <laughs> They're doing their own own thing, you know. Um, and so I often, you know, I feel like a lot of our media around yoga, uh, a lot of the sort of mythology around yoga is that it's this thing that's supposed to feel good and it's supposed to like, you know, make everything better. And then people go to yoga classes, especially the the sort of very pose or asana based classes that can be quite physical. And they have a wake-up call. You know, they walk into those rooms and they come out shaking their head like I'm never going back or this is the wrong thing for me. And and it's because what we don't also mention when we talk about yoga is that it's actually really hard. Right? And so in that way, yes, it is a discipline. It's hard, hard, hard. And it's hard on purpose. Crystal, is, yoga- is, yeah. it, mm-hmm. is it something that, um, that, that yogis... Because of the nature of the classes, the yoga classes that we see, and people mm-hmm. come and go from those things, um, is it is it better to work one on one so that you mm-hmm. can deal with issues of of emotion and and mm-hmm. um, mindfulness mm-hmm. before you get into the physical? Because otherwise, it's a gym class. Yeah, it can be. It really can be. And and, and I, know, think it happens. I think it yeah, happens. I think it happens. Just it does. just by virtue yeah. of people coming and going. They they jump in in the middle. Yep. Yeah, I I I agree. What you're talking about is the culture of a yoga studio or a yoga classroom and there are the thing about yoga is that there's so many teachers, there's so many trainings out there, and they all kind of have their own philosophy. It's kind of like the wild, wild west right now when it comes to yoga. <laughs> there's, such, there's such a huge variety. And so you do have to find the right teacher and the right type of yoga for you. And that can be tricky and it can be discouraging if, you're, if you have experiences that are not so great. In an ideal world, no, yoga should not feel like a gym class. And I will say this, though. The guidance of a really skillful, compassionate teacher the point of what they're 
teaching is to support you in those moments of challenge, whether it's physically challenging, mentally challenging, emotionally challenging. The point of what they're trying to do is to remind you of the resources that you have within you to navigate those things that are arising as challenges and skillfully, right? We all have a body. We can shift, do our, you know, move our body in different ways to literally shift our state, right? To go from feeling uncomfortable in our own skin to feeling more at ease in our own skin. We all have emotions. We can connect to how we're feeling, notice how we're feeling, name it, and then maybe make some changes in the circumstances of our lives or our relationships so that we feel differently, right? A yoga teacher is reminding you to breathe, right? When you're in that warrior two pose and your thigh is on fire or whatever you're doing physically, the yoga teacher is saying, breathe deeply. Take a big breath in, take a big breath out. They're reminding you that a breath can soothe an uncomfortable body. It can soothe uh, an activated mind, right? The yoga teacher's role is to guide you to be reminded of the fact that, like, you can settle and find ease in, within your own self even though you're doing something hard. And the point of that in a yoga class but, but is can, but that can you can the, do that outside of the class. Can, can the instructor do that with 10 or 20 people at a time? A skillful instructor can, yes. But what I love that you're, you're, what you're pointing to something really important is that the point of a yoga practice is to develop your own personal practice. So, yes. Uh, you can go to classes and get this really kind of general instruction that's kind of for a lot of different people. But the point of it is to guide each individual student to know more clearly what their personal needs are, which will be different from the next person on the mat, you know, what their what their needs might be. So, yes, I would say both and, right? You, you need both, but you also also need your own practice. And so I think you can uh, you can get a lot out of a class setting. You can also get a lot out of out of working one on one. I have a private client. I have you know group classes, um, and every each of those settings uh, offers something supportive. Uh, does it re does it require supportive. human contact or, or or can it be done with a written word? Say for example, yeah. a deck of cards. Yeah. Yes. Well, yes, yes, yes. You know, and, and yeah, I mean, I know I have so many friends, especially in my some of my older senior teachers who literally learned yoga by reading a book, right? So it yeah. is possible for children to look at these beautifully illustrated by Andrea Pippins, by the way, the illustrations on these cards. I'm so proud of them. They're amazing. She did such a great job. And they're so inviting and they're, they're color-coded. And I have seen people have sent me so many images of their kids, like putting the cards in, in, into different categories and playing with them and saying, I like the purple ones and I really need the red ones today. And so kids, you know, especially the ones who are of reading, the reading age of the cards is like from five to nine. But the, in terms of its practices, Again, anyone can do these practices that are on the cards. And kids will read them and do them independently. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Now, is, it, is their practice supported by having a parent nearby? Sure. Of course. Or, or a teacher nearby? Sure. But they can. That's what they're designed for. Absolutely. And, and <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned, um, you know, I think you said purple and blue. I, I'm not sure. But mm -hmm. there, there was some sort of color coding to it. And I wondered about mm -hmm. the organization of these cards. They It, it features, yeah. what, 48 simple yoga and mindfulness practices. 
um, yep. you know, written to, you know, accommodate uh, the reading level of kids five to nine and so on. Mm-hmm. But um, but what I was wondering is, is there an order mm-hmm. to which you should, you know, go through these cards yeah. or, you know, do, you know, is it pick a card, any card? Yeah. You know, I would say, I would say both. I would say both. You can um, use the deck. The the deck is organized into eight different categories of emotions, right? Including anger, shame, excitement, worry, sadness, right? So we've got lots of emotions that we're experiencing on a day-to-day basis. Obviously, we're human. This is part of being human. And so a kid can go to the deck on a day when they're feeling sad and there's you know, six different cards or activities that might support them to take care of their sadness, which is usually how I phrase it with kids. It's like, when we have emotions, they can run the show, or we can take care of those emotions, and they can be supported, and we can choose how we, you know, navigate that emotion and and live that in in that moment. So a kid can go to the card deck and, based on their emotion, choose an activity, but I will also say that sometimes it's just really nice to pick a card, any card, because here's the thing, Tom. By pausing to move your body a certain way, to breathe a certain way, to think and reflect in a certain way, it connects you to yourself no matter what you do, right? To breathe and move and bring attention to how you breathe and move will shift your state. So here's the, here's the secret, Tom. It's like it kind of doesn't matter what you do. It's the doing of something that is what is going to support. Is bringing that mindful awareness to what a kid does and how they do it. That is the primary um, uh, purpose of the deck is to just get kids doing things. Now, you, if you're choosing it based on the emotion that you feel, it's even more directed. But the more a person practices movement um, and, and mindful movement, and, and mindfulness practice in general, the more skillful and connected to themselves, more self-aware they become. And that is the larger goal, right? It's not just to feel good in the moment, but it's also to have this capacity within ourselves to experience all of life in a mindful and compassionate way. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, Crystal, I'm I'm a little distracted because I'm I'm hearing a thumping noise uh, that's um, uh, oh from your oh, phone. Oh, is, is it a okay? It, I wonder if it's the siren in the background. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm in I'm in New York City. Did it go away? I, I'm not hearing it right now, but it it okay. indiscriminately pops and thumps a, a little bit in. Almost sounds oh, like there's a oh, short or something. Oh. Okay, you know what? I think it might be. I just realized something is bumping up against my headset. All right, let me let me know if that helps. Okay, is that, I, is that better? It it, okay. it seems to be yeah. right now, um, but we'll okay. we'll see as we go along. But um, okay, but I, I my my next thing that that I wanted to see if if you'd be willing to maybe share a couple of uh, of these. Um, cards what you know what drawing what drawing a card might be like yes okay so let's say you are feeling really really anxious um you might go to the worry uh color and the worry like section of the deck 
And there is a card in there. Um, uh, well, actually, let's say, let's say you're feeling really, like, excited or really, like, angry. Um, one of my favorite cards is a red card, and it's uh, called Anchor Breath. Okay, and anchor breath, if you imagine like an anchor on a boat, an yeah. anchor, right, it, it steadies the boat. So the boat might be in the middle of a big storm getting tossed over here and tossed over there, but if that boat has an anchor, it helps, that the anchor helps the boat to settle and know that, yes, it's going to feel a lot of maybe anxiety or anger or whatever it may be, but the anchor will bring the boat back to the steadying stabilizing, grounded state. Well, at least so keeps it from uh, blowing away. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the whole point. It's like sometimes our emotions literally just, we're, we're victims of them, right? They're dragging us here. They're dragging us there. And they're making us act out. Well, and, and we even, about kids, but we I'm even used, too. we even <laughs> use the phrase, you know, that blew me away. Yes, Exactly. Exactly. So this practice um, is one that I love to do with kids, and I will have them put their hand on their belly. Um, and oh, I start with the belly because when you take a breath in, and you can even try this now if you'd like, Tom, but when you take a breath in and your hand is on your belly, it's so clear to sense the movement of the breath, right? You can really feel that inhalation, your belly expands, right. and then when you exhale, the belly contracts. Right? And it's clear, it makes it so much easier for kids to notice and connect to their breath by touching the parts of their body that their breath is moving. Right? So then I'll have kids like put their hand on their heart and take a breath in and a breath out. And then you can feel movement there too. It might be a little less or a little subtler. And then I have kids put their hand in front of their nose. And if you put your hand in front of your nose, you can clearly feel, right, that hot air and that cool air as you breathe in and out. And then I'll have a kid choose the spot that is the, where they could feel their breath in the, the most comfortable way. And that spot is what I'll tell them is their anchor spot. In other words, that's the spot that they're going to focus or anchor their attention on for the next, let's say, minute. Because... It's hard to focus our mind on one thing for just a minute, as you already shared earlier in the previous segment about <laughs> right. your, your mind wandering off during meditation, right? So the idea of the anchor, it's a, it's a literal sort of analogy for what is physically happening and mentally happening in this practice. So when, Tom, might there be times in our life when we really could benefit from slowing down and anchoring our attention? When when might that happen, for instance? Because this is literally something I ask kids. I'm like, when might it be useful for us to be able to focus on one thing? Uh, right? I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to think. It, it, you know, it, and it's hard to think of some of these things because we've been so fixed in, in, mm -hmm. in one kind of displaced uh, yeah. center if if you will yeah. um yeah. you know I, I i'm trying to think of the things that create anxiety for me and yeah. and it's all basically yeah. the same thing i i miss getting it? out and doing stuff and being around I other people know. oh tom i feel you i really hear you on that i really do i miss i you know i teach in a school and i I just started teaching many of my kids in person again this past week. And when I tell you a part of me came alive again, that <laughs> been just I can imagine. Dead. Like, 
teaching is social, it's emotional, it's, you know, you need that connection. And I just, I, I hear you. I hear you. It does make me, it's, it's, so by the way, you're not alone in this. So there's this epidemic of anxiety going on. So, so anchoring our attention, just going back to that practice of anchor breath, steadying ourselves, soothing ourselves in a moment of heightened anxiety as we long to be engaged socially is a perfect opportunity to, to tap that deck and choose a practice like anchor breath to help steady you, yeah. Now, that is a very kind of quieter practice. Um, there are practices in there, like one of my favorites is called Silly to Serene. And so, you know, I work- <laughs> I like it already. Years, right? And so with kids, you know, I really, I, like there's so many ways that they start to learn how to articulate the peace and the sort of contentment that they start to find and the word serene um, uh, came up in a school I was working that was one of their like community values. And so I've always used that word to help kids learn a new vocabulary word for how to say peaceful, right? So anyway, I mean, at least kids from five to, five to nine, that is, because that's not just where they go to when you say, how do you feel right now after your yoga practice? They're usually like calm, peaceful. So serene is another one's word. So this activity is one where when your kids are like super like excited or like, you know, super physically active or activated. And, you know, you want to meet them where they are and sort of honor the, the place, the state that they're in. So this activity literally gives kids an opportunity to go from silly and being, you know, silly and kind of wild and crazy with their bodies and then transitioning to a calm or serene state. Right. And so they go from silly to serene and that you can like up the, the volume of that silliness and go really crazy uh, and then like bring it back to calm. Right. Um, so that is a practice that's obviously much more active um, and, and yet connects kids to these sort of two sort of more extreme capacities within us. Right? We can be silly and that's fun and playful and that has its place. But there's also a time to get quieter and calm and and when might that have value right so that's another practice from the deck that um uh i really love to do with kids in fact someone just texted me today pictures of their kids their zoom class and that was like the kids were in the middle of doing that practice and they were like this is the this is the activity my kids love the most um <laughs> so yeah, that's that's mm -hmm. great. How how do kids do with the discipline required to get the most yeah. benefit from yoga? Yeah, you know, I have to tell you, a kids yoga class is very different from an adult yoga class. I feel like in many I ways, an think. adult yoga class should look should look more like a kids yoga class. But no, kids. Here's the funny thing about kids: they get it. They get it right away, Tom. You'd be surprised because they don't have as many like habits built in and, you know, internalized and entrenched ways of being the way adults do. So asking kids to be flexible and consider like moving in different ways or breathing in different ways, you'd be amazed at how receptive they are. But um, you're right in naming the fact that like kids from a developmental standpoint, first of all, they live in their bodies, right? They're, they're super fidgety. They're like very, you know, they're, they tend to be more impulsive in terms of like, sharing their feelings and talking and, you know, and, you know, they, so, so I like to, you know, meet kids where they are. I'm not trying to use yoga practices to change kids. 
like to make them feel like they, they need to fix themselves. What I do want to use the yoga practice or the mindfulness practice to do is support kids to be aware of who they are, right, and what's happening for them. When kids yeah. are and exploring these mm-hmm. things, is their natural curiosity a a benefit to them? Are they more willing Absolutely. to try things and act yes. things out? Yes, and that is that's one of the ways that I like to define mindfulness is it's being in the present moment, right, noticing what's happening right here and right now, but with an attitude of curiosity and gentleness, right? So kids are like, Everything is new in life. So they're inherently curious about everything. And that's one of the reasons why they're super receptive to this. You know, I can, I can, you know, frame a practice in a way that makes it relevant to them. And they are with me and they're, and I literally am like, and what do you notice? What did you observe? How did that feel for you? And they've got plenty to say. A kid's yoga class has a lot of talking, by the way, a lot more talking and feedback and question asking and kids answering um, because they also like to turn their voices on, right? It's developmentally appropriate for them to move their bodies, to be in their bodies, and also to um, talk a lot more and be socially engaged. So um, I give them permission to do that, and that's what we spend a lot of time. Their inherent curiosity lends itself really well to to that, um, those kinds of answering those kinds of questions. Well, mm-hmm. this is 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 fascinating, and and I've I've learned. Um, I've been to, you know, a couple of yoga classes, but I feel like I've learned so much more about yoga talking with you, Crystal, today. I'm so glad. I'm so glad because there is a lot of confusing information out there. That really warms my heart. I'm so glad to hear that, Tom. (laughs) Well, and, and the other thing, too, was, you know, my level of commitment. I was just sort of exploring what's this about, you know, and I I just popped in for a, you know, a a sneak peek and and Mm. didn't really dig down on it. Whereas something like this, a tool like this, the, uh, Mm -hmm. the little yogi deck with, with a card deck, like this mm-hmm. might might be something I would you know thumb through and go oh you know what this you know I now I get it yeah yeah anyway we've got to Thank wrap you, things Tom. up I can't believe how fast the the time has gone I Crystal. know I can't either and, and <laughs> like, wow. you know and yeah. I'm sure we could go on talking about and in, in digging down even deeper but I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been talking about and um, obviously uh, you, you know we want to remind people that you have the little yogi deck available it's simple yoga practices to help kids move through big emotions um designed for kids uh five to nine um but um crystal do you have a website so people can find out more about you and the little yogi deck and your work past present and future absolutely so i am at crystalmccreary.com uh and that's mccreary is two C's and like rear, like your tush, um, and just regular crystal is the spelling. And there you can find, you can actually purchase, um, you can click to links to purchase the deck online. Um, I am located in New York City. I work um, in the health department at a K through 12 independent school, and I offer a lot of workshops on um, creating compassionate school culture, organizational culture that centers well-being um, and self-care through the lens of mindful practice. 
So I am someone, even though I'm based in New York, especially now, I do a lot of online workshops. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at C. McCreary Yoga, and we could be best friends for life on Facebook if you're into that too. I'm, but right. yeah, um, I have lots of resources on, on my website. Crystal so, McCreary, um, thanks so much. Thank you. Every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck up. If you are sick with COVID 19 or think you might have it, Take steps to help protect other people from getting sick. Stay home except to get medical care. Call the doctor before visiting. Separate yourself from others who live with you. Wear a mask to protect others. Cover your coughs and sneezes with a tissue and clean your hands right away. Avoid sharing items with other people in your home. This includes things like towels and bedding. Be sure dishes are washed in hot water or the dishwasher before anyone else uses them. Stay aware of how you feel. If you start to have difficulty breathing, or if you're worried about your health, call your doctor. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Imagine a journey down a picturesque river. Imagine your Flint River, 142 miles of recreation, natural beauty, and precious resources. The Flint River is a vital resource that is available for all to use and enjoy. The river and its ecosystem provide unlimited recreational opportunities and natural beauty while supporting wildlife in a vibrant landscape. 
We all have a responsibility to protect and preserve this precious resource. Learn more at FlintRiver.org or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-6490. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. The Tom Sumner Program.com. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. few years, a type of meeting place has grown up throughout the country, which is called a coffee house. There are many uninitiated people who have never been into a coffee house, I being one of them. Uh, We're seated now at a table, across from which is a man uh, who seems rather depressed. Uh, sir, uh, you, you are depressed. Yeah. Uh, would it be getting too personal to ask you why? I'm not pretty. You are depressed because you feel you're not attractive. I'm not attractive. You're not good-looking. No, I'm not. Well, what would you say, sir? That's why I'm I... mainly depressed. Well, may I, may, I, may I say something to you, sir? Yes. You are a very attractive person. You're as attractive as nine out of 15 people I know. <laughs> you're very kind. But you are. You're not you're an unattractive very, person. You're very sweet. But I, I know the, the truth, and I face it every You're a good-looking man, sir. I'm not a man. I'm a woman. <laughs> Oh, 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 I see. Oh, I, I, I beg your pardon. Uh, we'll, we'll go over to one of the other tables now okay. and see if we can speak. Uh, Goodbye. Thank you very wow. much, sir, uh, madam. Madam, um, there's a gentleman sitting here wearing a pair of Levi's, a nicely laundered T-shirt, uh, looking very much like an actor. Uh, I might describe him as looking like a cross between... Uh, Marlon Brando and Joanne Woodward. <laughs> I, I want to explain that. You do have blonde hair. May we sit and talk with you, sir? Uh, if you are so uh, in your mind, too. Uh, yes. Was I right, sir? Was I right? Are you an actor? Yes, I uh, have to be a uh, lesbian. <laughs> I think, uh, I think, <laughs> I think sir, I think you... Can I check you on that? I think it's... Uh, you mean thespian. Well, uh, is that what? Thespian. Thespian, actually. Thespian. Yes, yes. I'll never get that wrong again. <laughs> Sir, who is your... Who do you consider the greatest actor we have in America today? The greatest actor in America is Tallulah Bankhead. <laughs> I think she's... Well, she's a, she's a great actress. Yeah, I mean, I don't mean an actor-actress. I mean that she knows what she's doing up there, you know? Well, who else do you like? Who would you pattern yourself after? I would pattern myself after... I love that picture, The Fugitive Kind. I loved it very much. Very much. <laughs> so... Uh, so you're trying to... I tried to uh, be like Brando with my T-shirt and just look uh, very much like Joanne Woodward, who I love very much. I love her. Well, you know, usually when people... I also look a little like the producer. I love him, too. <laughs> Martin, 
Giraud. Say that again. Mar- Marty Giraud. He produced that picture. You'll notice my shoes are exactly like his. <laughs> I love that picture yeah. that much well, sir, that I-, I became everything in it. <laughs> I see. Sir, I think I made a mistake. You're not an actor. No, I'm not an actor, well, I'm but, I'm, but I love to hang out here. Okay. Well, it was a pleasure speaking. Well, it was a pleasure almost to be an actor. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah. I've got to wend my way through the crowd. Well, good get... luck on your wending. <laughs> And goodbye. And if I can do anything for you, you just call upon me, sir. Can I talk to you now? <laughs> no. No. Okay. okay. I understand. You have to go to other people yes. on the record. I know that. Yeah, yeah. I know that. Right. I watched you before in the coffee house. All right, ladies. Goodbye. So long. I hope I'm an actor. <laughs> We're going to a corner of the coffee house now. Uh, on the walls surrounding this table are many, many paintings. There's a gentleman sitting here with a palette palette knife, some brushes, some oils, and I imagine that he is the gentleman who painted these paintings. Am I right, sir? That is correct in your assumption. <laughs> and the painting... Uh, you are totally correct. Uh, the painting... And impeccably dressed, if I may say so. Thank you. Thank you very much. A lovely tie. Thank you. Gradually blending into the color of your suit. You are always interested in color and design. Color is my life. I am color. Your name is... Uh, what is your name, sir? Corinne Corfu. <laughs> Corinne Corfu, uh, you are yes. Greek. I hope I am Greek. I would like to be Greek very much. Well, you're, that is a Greek name, and you have a Greek accent. Yes. Well, then perhaps I am. <laughs> well, don't you know your don't you know your derivation? No, I do not know uh, my derivation. Gypsies stole me as a child. <laughs> a band of gypsies. And you were brought up where? I was brought up in the Persian Gulf, right here in Miami. <laughs> The Persian Gulf. No, it's a gypsy tea house. The rest Sir, is called I, the Persian Gulf. I would like to talk to you about your paintings. Now, yes, you certainly may. Are, it's my life. Color are, and art. I are, love art. They are very unusual. I noticed that... God bless you for your perceptions. <laughs> I noticed one... You also... Uh, you sculpt, too, I noticed. There's Main, uh, sculpting and painting. All the arts. Uh, there is a, a metallic sculpture there that is very interesting. Yes, metal, metallic. What do you call that? It's just a series of wires uh, in a grid-like effect. What oh, you mean you, above the door? Yes, what do you call yes, that? Yes, that's called the air conditioning. <laughs> Sorry, sir. I did not uh, make that. No. The, the, the fetters, the fetters company made, but it's very beautiful. Yes. Your paintings are very abstract, I noticed. Yes, but they don't blow air out. So <laughs> like the, the, the machines. No. May I ask you about some of the paintings? For yes, instance, certainly made. That painting there that is entitled The Gull on a Hot Rock. Yes. Now, I don't see anything on that but a bunch of little specks. Yes, well, I saw the gull on a hot rock from over five miles away. Uh, oh, I see. I was see. standing on a cliff. That's why I painted in the perspective, the three little dots. Now, uh, getting closer, sir, I'm, uh, may I examine a little more closer? Certainly, not too close. Yes. yes. Now, that is not paint, those dots. They look like, that's, those are flies. Yes, sir. they are. They're flies. But you didn't paint that. Those are real flies. No, I took them, uh, caught them in my hand until the air was out of their bodies and they died. <laughs> and then I... Uh, you pasted them onto the little dots of blue and put them on the dots, and, and they represent the gold on the rocks. I had to kill them. If I had not killed them, if they were not dead and glued to my picture, <laughs> then I have no picture. <laughs> they fly away, I got nothing, Charlie. I see. I'm in the dark. Well, I excuse you. What are you going to buy? Well, sir, may I ask you about this particular abstract? Yes, they're mainly so... impressionistic, post-impressionistic, yes. pre-impressionistic, and impressionist. Yes, this one is more of a. An academician type of painting. No, it's not. Well, for instance, it's very graphic. It's very graphic. Yes, it's, it's it, very graphic. The, it's very graphic. The, 
it's a draftsman-like quality. The spaghetti looks like spaghetti. The limp salad looks like limp salad. And the garlic oh, bread oh, looks oh, like garlic bread. Oh, oh, no. That's not a picture. That's my supper. <laughs> I, I, it happens to be resting on a frame and in my easel. Oh. Uh, that's my dinner. I eat that. Oh, I'm sorry, yes. sir. It looks... Do you like... Wait a minute. Do you really like it? Well, it is. Do you think it looks like the a... The composition a is rather... Of, uh, yes, it, I thought it was thickly painted. I tell you what. <laughs> if you really like it, I can lacquer it up and give it to you for 40 hours. No, I'm afraid, I'm no. afraid I wouldn't want to take your, deprive right. you of your supper, sir. How about just a coffee and cake? <laughs> Maybe not for $20. No, sir. I'm... Give me a dollar and a half for the coffee. <laughs> sir, I'm really not interested. Give me 40 cents you can have. All right, here's 40 cents, sir. All right. Thank you very here's the much. coffee and cake. Nice working with you. <laughs> yes, sir. I hope you come in again. I will, sir. God bless your can tie. I... I don't want the coffee. Oh, no, you want the picture with the flies? No, you just keep Give that. me a dime. <laughs> you can have it. I kill more flies. What the hell is it? <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. In a corner of the coffee house, there's a gentleman sitting with a very, very strange instrument on his lap. Uh, sir, may we speak with you? Hello. <laughs> uh, what is your name, sir? May we get your name? Uh, my name is uh, Charlie Grape. <laughs> Charlie Grape. Yes. Uh, do you perform here at the uh, coffee house? Yes, uh, on occasion I do, and then they uh, they kind of get mad at me, and then I don't. I think I can get permission for you to play for us. I'd Wait, like. To... Can you? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I would. It's the first time I've ever gotten permission here. Just kinda... We'd certainly like to hear a sample of your music. Certainly. Let me just get tuned up. I'm trying to find an A here. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Got it. First shot out of the box. My A. Now, what are you going to play for us? Uh, 22 men. All right. For the record, 22 men. 22 men. Here we Sung go. Sung by Charlie Grape. Here we are. <laughs> I get mainly A out of it. <laughs> right. I don't get more than A out of it. Twenty-two men fell down and hurt their knees. Twenty-two men fell down and hurt their knees. Twenty-two men fell down, down to the ground. Twenty-two men fell down and hurt their would you like to hear the release? <laughs> uh, do you have one? Yeah. Now, 22 men fell down and hurt their... That's not a release, sir. That's the same as the... Uh, yeah. Bridge. Okay. Okay, how about another completely different song and a new tune? Yes, I'd like Okay. Could you make it up on the spot? I certainly can. It's my best part. This Making is extemporaneous. Yeah, whatever. When two German soldiers hurt their knees. <laughs> 22 German So I think you know that too. No, yeah. It's very similar to the other one. Yeah, well, How does it differ? It differs in the fact that the first 22 men were not German soldiers. <laughs> well, is this The enough? second 22 men are German soldiers. Well, it's the can same. You, can you play it's the same uh, that they hurt their knee. That's right. You caught me there. Yeah. Can you, you sing that. something completely different? Okay. Completely different. You know, the uh, the Calypso balladeers make up songs right on the spot, topical songs. Yes, they can do. Can you do that? I'll try to. Okay. Okay. Twenty-two calypso men. Is that what you meant? No, I meant something topical. Something topical? Yes. I'll try something topical. Let's see what's happening in the world today, here in our great nation. Got it. Big Dick Nixon hurt his knee. 
This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Hi, I'm Alexander Zanjic. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner.